0: To the Everything Must Go podcast. I am Brandon, and with me, as always, is Steven. Today, we are going to be talking about the concept of being ready versus being prepared. Um, a couple of things we're going to talk about. Uh, I'm going to give an analogy um, that'll kind of provide some context, um, and then Steven and I will kind of take turns really providing context for what we mean by this concept, um, what it means in the face of adversity. Uh, We'll talk about a spotlight episode that at this point, actually, both of our spotlight episodes will have been posted by the time of the airing of this episode uh, with Sean Crow of I Code Hire Me and uh, Winebox Poppy. Um, So hopefully you guys like those episodes. Uh, Then we'll jump back into the uh, kind of general theme topic um, and ask if maybe this concept frees up the pursuit of things that might be uncomfortable. We'll wrap it up with our final thoughts. But very importantly, we want to mention, we set a couple of new things up for you guys. Uh, we set a Google Voice. Um, really stoked about voicemails. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be sweet. So if if emailing us is too difficult for you, um, you can now call us and leave us a message at 513-427-EMG5. Do you want to tell them why, why it's EMG 5, Stephen?
1: Well, obviously, it's because EMG is everything must go, and we plan to be along. We, we, we plan to be around for longer than forever, so, you know, five. Five ever. <laughs> I think that's what we agreed upon. <laughs> yep,
0: nice. You really sold it. Really,
1: I really, really sold that hard.
0: <laughs> um, you guys can obviously still email us at emgpod at gmail.com. Uh, we also set up an Instagram now specifically for the podcast. Uh, EMG Pod is the handle, correct?
1: Yep, and definitely definitely take advantage of the leaving voicemails thing because I had some fun with it, and I plan on leaving some <laughs> surprise voicemails <laughs> so that Brandon just is like, ooh, we got something here, and it's going to just be like, ah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's Mr. Krabs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm going to go back and listen. It's going to be like 20 voicemails just from you. We don't have any listeners that call in. It's just Stephen doing do different voices. But, and the funny thing about Stephen is he's horrible at impressions, so it's going to be great.
1: It's going to be like me attempting to do all these accents, and they're just all going to be terrible in the same accent. Yeah, exactly. My British and New York accents just are the same. <laughs> you can't even like distinguish them at all.
0: Yeah. It's going to be great, and then I'll post it so everyone can hear how horrible you are at them.
1: <laughs> but really, <laughs> but really, we would love you guys to leave us some voicemails. Hopefully, it's an easier way than having to even write in. You literally just have to call that number, and we get the voicemail, and from there, like if you want to say what your name is or you want to give yourself a fake name, you know, either way.
0: Yeah, that's fine, and we'll give you a shout-out in the show, talk about uh, whatever it is that you guys want to talk about, but um, are you ready to jump in? Absolutely. Okay. So the concept of being ready versus being prepared. Um, I think the easiest way to provide the context, uh, at least from my angle, is the analogy or is the idea of having a baby. Now, I can be as prepared for this uh, phase of my life as I want to be. I can think about the way that my parents raised me and think of the ways that they did well, think of the ways that I want to improve. Uh, I can read parenting books, I can take classes, I can uh, learn different uh, psychological techniques for, you know, raising a good kid. Um, but when that moment comes of having a child, I will never be ready for that that moment. That moment comes with so much weight. I mean, you're bringing a person into the world. I, I think it goes without saying how, you know incredibly insane that that idea will be or that that um existence will be and so as prepared as i could make myself i will never be ready for that moment um is there any other way that you think that can describe the context of this show
1: no i mean that's that's a pretty good way to look at it basically in life you don't always get things when you expect them. Life would be a lot easier if things just fell into your lap at the most opportune times, but that's just not, that's just not how life works. Like sometimes you like you need something to get done and then something just gets in the way. You get in a car accident and now all of a sudden you not only are late to work, but now you've got to deal with all the the damages of it could go on your record. Like it, it's, Unfortunately, life is not like the movies, so you got to just roll with the,
0: the punches that start heading your way. I think that's huge. The idea of really this this concept, if we can break it down to one idea, it is the idea of kind of rolling with the punches, you know, taking the surprises that life throws your way, you know, not, not shying away because you did get surprised or not shying away because those surprises... Messed up your plans, you know that. That's just how life is going to work. The world's going to keep spinning, and uh, you're going to face adversity. That's just how it happens. It it would be sweet if this was a utopia and everything just worked out the exact way that we wanted it to, um, but that's just not the reality. And I think having this concept, you know, realizing it and, and keeping it a part of you know, your everyday life, your decision-making process might allow you to, um, free yourself up to maybe make a decision that you, you might be scared of at first, or if, if things happen that you're uncomfortable with, um, you know, not, not running away from it. Um, I, I guess I'll ask you too. Is there anything that you can think of within your personal life, Steven, where, um, you've had this kind of idea come, come to fruition or so to speak?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of times that the first one that jumps into my head was when I moved to Tennessee, which is, it's something that I feel like I've brought up on a a lot of the different podcast episodes, just because yeah. it was such a, a pivotal moment for me. It was like at 19 years old, I had lived Basically, in my hometown for my entire life. Well, I guess I lived in two hometowns, but I really ha- I hadn't left my parents' side essentially for my entire childhood, and it is a difficult adjustment to go from that to then. All right, I'm gonna move to Tennessee without knowing anyone, even though it was to go to college, which would probably be one of the most opportune times to do that. Right. There was a part of me that was like, I've never really like learned how to live by myself independently. So the concept of having to do all of my own grocery shopping even was something that I wasn't used to. Like it was like very, very simple things that at that time I wasn't accustomed to doing. And now all of a sudden, if there was a problem, there was nowhere else that I could go to to seek out a solution. Like I, I intentionally went there because i knew that i would have to solve my own problems in my life and though i wasn't fully prepared for how difficult it was going to be i thought yeah. i was ready so i kind of i kind of took a shot at 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 making that happen um what what about well,
0: you? yeah a funny a uh, really quick i want to say <laughs> a funny thing cuz you kind of you said i wasn't prepared or ready <laughs> I mean, that's a situation where I think, you know, we, we started this episode off with saying uh, being prepared versus being ready. I think there are situations when you're neither. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're that's one You're not wonderful. prepared for things <laughs> or ready. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think because I, I, high school, I think the intention a lot of times is to prepare us for being 18 and technically being adults. <laughs> but high school is such a bubble that you get into... I think if you if you follow the stereotypical, I guess, American culture way of uh, your life progression, you're supposed to go through high school that prepares you for college, which is another bubble. It's not fully the real world, I, I feel like. And then college is supposed to prepare you for the, the real world. But I, even in my career, well, it's not my career yet, but I'm, I'm in the mental health industry of insurance. And I talk to these healthcare providers who tell me, they didn't learn anything about insurance when they were in grad school, and that's crazy to me. It 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 pumps me up that I have this job because if I want to be a therapist, I'm gonna need those skills, you know, to deal with insurance companies so that I don't, you know, feel like I'm getting scammed. I know exactly what's going on on that end of uh, the spectrum. But it's crazy to me that even in that little bubble. They don't get the preparation for that. They don't. They don't get the readiness for it, and then they get thrown into the fire, and that's right back to what we're talking about. A lot of things in life, you end up having that idea of being thrown into the fire. Yeah, and I think you is kind of what you're saying about when you you know went down to college, grocery shopping on your own. Yeah, I mean <laughs> the,
1: the the perfect example of being ready versus being prepared is that that uh, American idea of you go to school from. What ages five to eighteen approximately. And right. when you turn eighteen, you're supposed to just be ready to go out on your own. and you and you spend all this time theoretically preparing yourself to make that happen. So you're going through all the you're going through your classes to get this education, and then a, what? Some magical switch is supposed to turn on, so that when you turn eighteen, you can just leave like a bird. You can just leave the nest and just be free, and you'll figure out that right. life has all these amazing opportunities just calling for you. You just have to go out there and get it. And in reality, there's there's so many other things that go into that. Because when I graduated. High School at eighteen, I was just like, "Well, what the hell do I do now? I guess I'll go to college because that w- that's the the next potential trajectory because i have <laughs> i want to say I have no skills, but like kind of like yeah I'm, I wasn't going to be a professional athlete. I'm about as uh good with my hands as someone with no hands <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> with someone as someone with flippers, maybe <laughs> yeah <laughs> like." Yeah. So I, I was like, I guess I'm going to go to college because I feel like I'm smart. I feel like I should be okay. At least I hope so.
0: (laughs) Well, you've talked many times on this, on this podcast about how high school was kind of you doing the things that, uh, like your friends and your, your family kind of directed you to do. So to say that by 18, you're just going to flip this switch of being ready to, to, to be an adult and make your own decisions. I mean, I look at my life specifically, like, I made the decision at 20 to drop out of school. I wish so much that I would have made that decision before racking up $20,000 in student loan debt. I was not ready for that.
1: But like that's, that's totally understandable, though, because you're definitely not alone in that. I mean, so, so many people, they turn. In fact, actually, it, it annoys me if you're 18 and you already like know what you want to do with your life. Cause my, yeah, no, cause, and I, I feel like I say this sometimes. Where I used to always get annoyed with the the, the cocky teenager because it just wasn't me. I I never. I, the only thing I was cocky yeah, about bullshit. was maybe that what bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, because I forgot that we just had this conversation where we had a realization that
0: I was cocky actually this whole time. Yeah, steven has been really racking his brain around this. He didn't—he didn't think that I thought he was cocky, so he's—he's he's been upset about
1: it. <laughs> yeah, can I, uh, well, well, I mean, <laughs> anyways, anyway, A- anyways, yeah. People who are 18 years old who who know what they want to do for the rest of their life—I was always absolutely flabbergasted that anyone yeah. could have that thought in their head because I—I I don't think I really thought about that. <laughs> As I said, I just thought I would, I thought by the time I was 18, I would just be ready to be thrown out there to the wolves. And for better or for worse, I wasn't. I figured out real quick how to get stuff done, but I certainly wasn't, it certainly wasn't as easy
0: as I would have thought. Well, that's a good segue into the next thing I want to talk about. Because, you know, this idea of being thrown to the wolves thrown into the fire or it just it's not being it's not easy. What to you, what does this concept mean in the face of adversity? So in in other words, how can the idea that we might not ever truly be ready, quote unquote, for things help us in hard times?
1: Well, I think you should think in your head sometimes of outcomes that you don't want in your life just so that if they do happen, you have an idea of what you're going to do. For example, right. the idea of if you got somebody pregnant, you were not expecting that to happen, all of a sudden you're expecting a kid in your life. Well, if you had never even ran that thought through your head, it'd be pre- it's gonna be pretty sho- it's gonna be pretty shocking regardless, <laughs> don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah. But there you're not I feel like nobody I mean, I don't have a kid, so I can't fully wrap my mind around this, but I can't imagine anyone has ever fully ready to have a kid because nobody knows exactly what that's going to be like until that moment is, is right there in front of you. But you should in your head, at least for me, always think, okay, if this, if this situation ever happened, like, you know, what, what would I do? Because you do need to be prepared for the unexpected in life. Otherwise you leave yourself really vulnerable to a lot of hurt And I mean that that's the way that I always live my life. I mean, my mom is kind of a paranoid person in general, so I feel like I probably got that trait of whenever I go out and do something, I think, well, what if what if the train explodes on the way to the location? Well, if the train explodes, then I guess I can try to like crawl out of the way, try to grab my phone real quick, and then with my phone I can call the the police. <laughs> like I'll think of like yeah, just yeah. these crazy scenarios and I don't think anyone should, should take it probably as far as that horrible example I just gave. <laughs> but, like, I think that you should have an idea in your head of, like, okay, life isn't always going to go the way you expect, so how do I adapt? It's all about, like, that adaptability.
0: So, oh, so so that's what you're saying in terms of adversity, like having that adaptability, that awareness of things that might possibly happen, happen will help you face the adversity that that you might not be ready for it, but you can set yourself up for the preparation. Yeah, I mean, essentially, I,
1: I mean, is that I feel like that's what most people think. I mean, are, are you are you under a different mindset with that that I'm unaware no, of? No, no,
0: no, no. I just wanted to make sure that I understood what you're saying. Yeah, I I think that's what makes humans the top of the food chain. Is this uh, ability of almost f- like foresight. Like, you know, we don't know exactly what's going to happen. And that also might cause us to uh, shy away from things. I think too, is the ability to think, oh, this thing that might not be, um, you know, uh, super uh, appealing to me c- could possibly happen if I, if I go down this road or if this thing, you know, s- started to unravel, um, I have to handle it this way, and you know, so definitely the foresight, I guess, so to speak, is something that I think is important as a person to develop. That it is an awareness, it is an intuition, um, and I think that's part of of our of our growth and evolution as people. In terms of like specifically uh, facing adversity, I think the idea I'm thinking of it myself of if I know that there are going to be times when I'm not ready for things. Like I think of relationships as a perfect example. I might fall in love with somebody and for the first two years, we're in that euphoria, like honeymoon phase. Everything's just perfect, but then like you move in with that person and they have habits that you weren't expecting and, and they do things a little differently and you learn a little more about them. Just because I wasn't ready, you know, to, to see my girlfriend take a dump doesn't mean I should <laughs> <laughs> end that relationship and get out of get out of dodge. Like that stuff is, is stuff that you have to. Um, you know, uh, roll with. And I obviously, (laughs) you got some weird
1: relationships. I can't say I've ever seen that in my life.
0: (laughs) I used a very like childish example just to kind of bring some light to this.
1: Do we have (laughs) kids that listen to our show?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, but what I, I, what I'm trying to get across is the adversity itself, the confrontation within the moments that you're not ready for. I mean, that. I think that is the essence of the adversity. You you weren't exactly ready to face that, and it takes you by surprise, or it's it's more than you thought you could handle. It's overwhelming. It's too much stimulation. That stuff is very hard. That stuff, you know, can can make you want to run for the hills. But I think understanding, if I go into every situation, understanding that I have the possibility of facing this things that I don't expect of not being ready. I think I set myself up for almost being prepared for not being ready. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, you know, at any point in any relationship you're in, there could be a breakup and you may not be ready for it, but you should kind of be prepared for it like before it happens. So it doesn't just completely shatter your world. Maybe.
0: I don't know. <laughs> are you just ready to <laughs> just prepare yourself to have your heart broken well, in every single yeah, relationship. I don't know. That you maybe remember? that's
1: like not the best example. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's like not quite the best example, but that's just what I was thinking of when I think of okay, in relationships, no one's like really ready for a breakup to happen, but yeah, there should be like a some sort of a preparation. I feel like relationships are probably not the best example because people will say, like, well, with the marriage, should you just prepare for a divorce? And it's like, well, right.
0: I don't know. <laughs> I feel like maybe there are some exceptions to the rule where maybe you shouldn't even prepare for. Like I shouldn't go into a relationship thinking, "Oh, this could end." You know what I mean? Uh, maybe you still. Maybe you go into the relationship saying, "I'm not going to say that this person is the one right off the bat. I'm going to take my time to learn that." But maybe once you cross that threshold, you get rid of preparing for. The possibility that it'll end. Maybe that's something that people have different perspectives on. You know, maybe people do think that you should always be prepared for the worst in, in even a relationship. Like, you shouldn't be prepared for someone leaving you. I mean, I guess if we look at it logically rather than emotionally, maybe that's true. Like, maybe we should all have that guard up so that we're prepared to keep rolling with those punches. But I think from a, like emotional, more humanistic point of view, I feel like you should go in without those uh, those training re- training wheels or without the walls up. Uh, well, not go in, but once you feel like this person has earned that from you is when you should take those down um, in order to just be free with each other and, and, and grow with each other rather than you know being cautious, so to speak. Um, yeah,
1: I think I, being... Being naive is definitely something that, like, that can cause a lot of problems. Like, right. <laughs> being naive to a situation is never, never ideal. And I think some people are more aware of their surroundings than other people are.
0: Well, I, I'm glad that you brought that up because to to bring it back specifically to this idea of what the concept of being ready versus being prepared. Can, can present for you in order to help you face adversity, I, I think of, I, I keep going back to me pursuing music, but it's just so applicable in, in a lot of these situations. When I first dropped out of school, I've talked about it before, I thought that I would just perform in some clubs in Nashville, And, you know, Nashville is a big music city, so there might be people that know people and I'd maybe get discovered and uh, someone would put me under their wing. I don't think I did a very good job of preparing myself that that, none of that would happen. I thought that that would be how I would make it. Like I would just keep booking shows, you know, maybe get a couple fans here and there from that, keep posting YouTube videos, but it was going to take just someone discovering me. And I think. Uh, me just having that naive mindset, number one, took away my ability to just keep pushing because when I didn't have that happen for a while, I got very discouraged. When I didn't get that result that I was almost thinking that's how it worked, I was naive and tunnel visioned in that idea. When it didn't happen, uh, the adversity... It, it broke me down. I, I, I started needing the validation from anybody, everybody and anybody that uh, listened to my music. I started putting a lot more pressure on my shows. The adversity took on a new life because I was naive to it. But if you have this idea of um, things are going to happen that are unexpected uh, or the things that you do expect might not ever happen, I think allows you to approach adversity with with a new um a new vigor or you know you just you are you are more um equipped to handle it so to speak i'm trying to find the right words to articulate it but i I think equipped you're more equipped to handle the adversity if you understand that you might not be ready for what's going to come well
1: let me actually ask you about that just on the topic of when you dropped out of of school to, to pursue music so a little bit of background for people who who don't know this story, Brandon and I met at the university of Tennessee when we were sophomores in college. And we were actually going to be roommates junior year of college, but Brandon dropped out uh, that summer going into junior year to pursue music. So I didn't, I didn't have a roommate, which is irrelevant to the story, but (laughs) just, he always uh, likes to bring you just the reality (laughs) of the situation. But at that, at that moment in time, what was going through your head in, in regards to feeling ready and prepared? And was there a, a pinnacle moment of you taught, you told yourself, yeah, you know,
0: I am ready for this moment. This is kind of funny. Cause it just made me think for those of you who haven't listened to the spotlight episode with Sean at this point, um, I'm going to do a callback to that episode. So if you haven't listened to it, I, I would definitely I recommend it. It was our first spotlight episode. Um, but he says something in there where him and his partner uh, Thomas is his partner, correct? Yep, his I'm business not getting partner. That wrong, yep. Right? Okay, yeah, his business partner is Thomas. They've had this thought in their head that no matter what, everything was going to work out. That it was, you know, no matter what even failed, something was going to work out. I kind of had that same thought process when I was dropping out of school. I just I was so confident in my ability, not even just in my ability itself, but my my um capacity for growth within my ability. Because I don't know if you remember this, but my songwriting itself like took huge strides within that sophomore year of college. Like I I'm self-taught on the piano and um, before I even made the decision to drop out of school I maybe knew like <laughs> for, for anyone who knows music uh, you play these things called chords and it's a, a bunch of notes that make up a, a, you know a a full sounding chord so to speak um, I say so to speak all the time and I to <laughs> stop saying <laughs> it's a full sounding uh, note essentially um, called a chord and I only knew a few of them. I basically was just hunting and pecking um, to, to find notes that sounded right to write songs. Part of the reason why I didn't participate in doing covers was because it was actually harder for me to learn other songs than it was for me to look around to write my own song. And, uh, and so when I started developing this ability to play the piano, um, with these like DVDs that my dad gave me for Christmas. Um, I, I realized that I had more of a capacity for, uh, getting better at things. That was the first time I was like, holy crap. If if I put my mind to practicing something, I can see serious growth. And so not only did I think, oh, this is going to be fine. The adversity is going to be fine because I'm going to make it eventually anyways. But I also was like, even if I'm not good enough right now, I'm eventually gonna get good enough because I've I've seen this this tremendous growth in just I mean, what what's a semester in school? Six months, not even? Four months? No, it's definitely not six months. <laughs> not, yeah, it's not it's not that long. Right. But I mean that's how little of time I, I, I spent and I had a and, and so I had that that mindset of um, everything's just going to work out. I, I forgot what your original question was. Did I answer it already or am I missing it?
1: Yeah. I mean, just like, did you, did you feel like, was there a specific moment where you felt ready that, that, that you're like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to drop out of school for I'm ready for life's next chapter?
0: Yeah, no. The, okay. That's perfect. So the, the, the readiness came from, or the, the feeling that I was ready came from my consistency and staying focused I set a goal for myself to write one song a week, and I started writing like two, three songs a week. Um, I got way better at the piano than I'd ever been before. Um, just my confidence was at an all time high, and I was like, holy crap, I really freaking want this. I mean, I was, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this, admit to this, but I was skipping classes to write songs. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it just, I, I I felt ready because I had started to prepare myself in a way that I had never done before. But that's another good callback to this concept. I was preparing myself more than I ever had. I was on I, I remember a specific conversation with my dad where I was like, I feel like I'm unlocking these new levels of focus. I'm pushing the ceiling more than I ever have in in something. And I'm doing it in this thing that I love, this thing you know, music where I can maybe write a song that impacts people the way that music impacted me. And I just, I want to do this for my life. Like, this is what I want to do with my life. And so it was like, not only did I have the passion, but I proved to myself that I had the um, work ethic to to do it. But that preparation that I had set up for myself didn't necessarily mean that I was ready for that journey because I definitely... I definitely was not. I was super naive. <laughs> yeah, to that's what, what I was, I, I was take. like.
1: I don't know, I was just like super curious. I mean, dropping out of school is always a big deal for, for in yeah. anyone's life because of the financial complications that come behind it and I mean 100%. I, I yeah, I I would have not have been at 20 years old, I would not have been ready to do something like that. There's no way. Unless I was super super confident in it, but at the, I mean at that mo- moment in time There was nothing like that for me.
0: Well, I'm curious. I mean, there wasn't, I guess, that type of jump. But, I mean, your move to Chicago was a pretty big departure from anything you had done at that point. So what, I mean, did you feel, did you have a a threshold moment where you felt ready? Did you prepare yourself for that? I mean, how did that go?
1: Yeah, mine was when I, I, I had always wanted to move to a big city, Like that was just something that was always on my radar because I didn't grow up in a big city, but I, I'm very fast paced. I love, I mean, I'm super competitive. I'm very fast paced. I like being in environments where the people around me are pushing me to take a step further and and go to places that, I mean, I probably wouldn't get to if I didn't have someone right next to me that was competing against me. Um, The moment that made me move to Chicago was just like everything sort of fell into alignment. I didn't have a job. There was a job offer that was out there, and I did feel ready. Like it was one of it was one of those those moments of just I I was single. I was about to switch career paths. What (laughs) (laughs) you were jobless? Yeah, (laughs) I was single. I had like no job. I was just in a I was in not a great mental state, but I was also, like, in a, I Yeah, I was not in a great mental state, and I was just like, I need something to jumpstart me all over again. I need, like, a reset in my life. And when that opportunity to go to Chicago happened, I was definitely ready for it. Like, there was no doubt in my mind that... There were some things I wasn't... I definitely, like, in the words of the show, I wasn't prepared for once I got there, but I was... I knew that something had to change in my life.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, d- yeah. Um, I was going to ask you when you got to Chicago, because you were, you, you were ready for a, a change, yeah. you know, something different than what you were at. But once you actually got to Chicago, what was that experience like? in it, in itself? Like, did you feel, I mean, cause you had lived on your own on a, in, on a couple occasions, mm-hmm. but it seemed, I mean, I know you personally, so I know some of the adversity that you faced when you got there, but even when, when you were in the thick of being in Chicago, did you still have that feeling of readiness? Hmm. Well, <laughs> it's okay if you just disprove our entire episode. No, no.
1: <laughs> what happened was when I moved here, I went into a state of, just i I was at this point of my life where i needed to make chicago work like no matter what (laughs) so there was no there really was no backup option option. there was no backup option there was there was nothing else i was i had to move home for a little bit because i um in a in a weird thing i like took a job and then they pulled the position from me so i then didn't after like less than a less than two months, they cut the position, so then I didn't have a job and I was like it was uh it was like starting to get winter time and I just felt like i I had just spent the last what three three years of my life four years of my life um basically living independently and now all of a sudden i had i couldn't really do much so i I needed to 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 make a life change and I was going to stop at nothing to make sure that I got to Chicago and I made it work no matter how hard it was going to be. So I took a mega bus down to Chicago, found an apartment after I'd gotten a job. And then the couple weeks later I moved to Chicago and within the first two months I almost got fired from my job. And I had one of the most panicky times of my life because it was like, I had just signed a lease for the most amount of money i had like ever spent on anything before, um, I was completely by myself. I had no fallback option once I got there, and unless I wanted to spend a bunch of money to try to get out of that lease and then move in with my parents. But that was not going to be an option to me. I was going to make that work no matter what happened, and yeah. I um, it was really it was really tough. I wasn't when I like when I went there. I did not anticipate maybe losing my job on top of things. So I had to like fight through it and, and earn the respect back. And I, I found out that there was another layer of myself uh, of intensity and able to thrive under pressure that I didn't know I had before.
0: That is awesome. And I don't ever want to turn uh, these episodes where it's just me and Steven into spotlight episodes, but I think for listeners hearing that story from Steven, the thing that I take from it, and I guess I want to point out just in case nobody else uh, hears that or gets it is you know, you had level layers upon layers of adversity when you got to Chicago. But you for some reason, you know, whatever it was in you, it told yourself, No matter what, I I don't have another option. So I'm just gonna have to make this work. And you're you that's a success story in itself. Where you you made it happen. The adversity didn't wasn't like, oh shoot, I guess, you know, I I'm going to get fired, so I, I guess I should start looking at moving back home with my parents. You know, it was, no, this isn't happening. I'm going to make this work. I'm going to bust my ass. And and then, like you said, you raised your ceiling. You found new levels of who you were. That's where that stuff comes from, that uncomfort level, that, that adversity that you have to face. You don't get that from you know sitting in the same thing over and over again not ever pushing yourself you get that from those situations i mean you you hope that you can create the pushing yourself without putting yourself in situations where you might be homeless yeah dude <laughs> if you don't step out this it up. gives
1: me this like gets me really really fired up because you know you hear a lot of times people say like i don't know if i'm ready for this i don't know if i'm ready for this but the most Sometimes the most beautiful and powerful moments of your life are those moments where you aren't ready, but you rise to the occasion just because you you absolutely have to. Like that is what life is about. Sometimes is uh, I don't know. Like I don't know if you should put me in the game. I don't know if I'm gonna if I'm gonna like if I can go to work tomorrow and and, and present by myself. I don't have someone there with me. Those are the moments of your life where you truly grow because you have to. There is no other option in the matter.
0: Hundred percent. Absolutely. I mean that I'm so glad that you said that. I mean th- there's got to be a reason why we love underdog stories, right? We we love those stories because those are like just blatant examples of a, a situation where somebody is definitely not ready for the foe that they're about to, you know, face. The whole David versus Goliath concept. You know, the underdog of just like this guy, there's no way this guy can handle is ready for what this other guy is going to bring. And then they rise to the occasion and prove that they are capable of it. That's the thing I feel like so many times. I mean, even in myself, I'm not perfect. You know, I I don't want to come across across as preachy. Like I always take the hard road to get where I want to go. I've definitely made some stupid decisions and, and, and taken easier roads, but to push ourselves to do that because. In those cases, we do find new layers of of who we are and what we're capable of, and and that's that's the part where I keep saying there are no destinations in life. It's this constant growth. It's this constant learning, and and those are the like you said the beautiful moments where you you unlock a new layer. That time when I was writing songs every week and and playing uh, and learning the piano more than I ever had. That was one of the most beautiful moments of my life cuz I I was pushing myself to a point where I was missing classes. I was missing some things that actually should have been my responsibilities and made things a little harder for me. But I did it and unlocked this new layer of holy shit like I, maybe I'm capable of of pursuing this as a career. Maybe I have what it takes to do this. And I mean even if I don't didn't become a professional musician having those moments of unlocking something within yourself are so freaking awesome um yeah so that's (laughs) that's
1: no man i'm getting so i'm getting so fired up now on this
0: (laughs) well i i don't mean to uh take away our momentum but do you want to talk about the spotlight episodes at all uh yeah let's do it (laughs) i'll calm down
1: for a second here (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll for sure talk about our time with Sean from the I code hire me podcast. Um, at the point of recording this specific episode, we have not yet met with Winebox Poppy. Um, he's going to be our second installment of the spotlight episode. Um, I'm sure that's going to be a fun episode. Um, just watching some of his YouTube videos, and he's got some great energy. Um, and I think just it, it's going to be a fun experience. Hopefully, it was. <laughs> you guys enjoy that. Yeah, you, guys, um, you guys
1: have probably already uh, listened to that at this point.
0: Right, exactly, if, if you're true fans, if you've kept yeah, if up with if you guys have watched, if,
1: if you guys have listened to every episode. Actually, if you have listened to every episode, please let us know, leave us a voicemail or, or send us a yep. message, because we, we do, when I mean, we get some of our analytics on the episodes that people listen to, but it is interesting sometimes when people reach out to me that I didn't even know listened to it, and I'm just like, oh, cool. They're like, oh, I like yeah. this point that you made, and it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's really cool to start those dialogues.
0: Absolutely. Um, but specifically to the episode that we already have recorded and that, uh, is, is posted, uh, with Sean. Um, I mean, I'm sure that you could go on forever about this because he's, he's been your friend for so long. But I, I thought it was a, a super cool opportunity to hear somebody's story. I, I mean, that's kind of what those spotlight episodes are, you know, getting people's name out there, but also just, you know, to be, um, i guess cheesy shining a spotlight on them and and getting to know who they are what they're trying to accomplish the the adversity that they faced because if if you've listened to that episode you know Sean did have this mentality of it's going to work out so it's going to be okay let's keep plugging but they definitely had some bumps along the way. I mean, even after they had these like line, this line of things that seemed like, oh, they're being, they're successful, they're, they're good to go. They had to pivot or find something new to actually make things happen. Um, you have any thoughts on that? Yeah,
1: that's the thing. Like, there, there's value in everybody's story. And I, and I think sometimes we, we get carried away with like, we think, oh, in, people who are interviewed or people who might be on Jimmy Fallon or something, and and it's kind of cool that, you know, everybody has a story. There's, there's something to learn from everybody's story, and that's sort of our thought process behind these spotlight episodes. And, sh- you know, Sean, I've been friends with the guy for, like, 17 years now, and even me listening to the episode— there were things that i i didn't even know that he specifically did like that that right. decal business that he was talking about like i think he might have mentioned it at one point in time but to actually hear him tell the story again about what got him into becoming an entrepreneur and just the whole the whole background is really cool and like there were there was some things that inspired me a little bit to think you know maybe there there's moments of my life where i just need to have that that feeling of it's all going to work out it's all going to be okay because in my life, there there are times where it seems pretty tough, and you just gotta keep going and just kind of believe it's gonna be fine. And I, I liked as simple as some of the things that Sean that uh, that Sean said. Uh, I think it was like, just really good takeaways. I mean, maybe maybe I'm a little bit yeah. biased here because he's one of my best friends in the world, but like, still. It's, uh, it's cool, and, it, and I'm really, really excited to do more of these spotlight episodes. We don't know how often we're, we're going to do them, but I, I expect we're going to try to do them as often as we can, because we had a, we've had we had a lot of fun with it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's another thing, too. If if you are a listener and, and you, you have a story that you want to get out there, or, or when, I mean, Stephen and I obviously have people in mind that are in our lives that we um, have either reached out to or plan on reaching out to that we think will be great. But, uh, I think it's funny too. You know, you talk about Sean, who's been one of your best friends and there was all this stuff that he did and went through that you might not even have known of. And, uh, you know, he's, he's been close to you. So (laughs) that's just kind of crazy. So, I mean, if you are close to us, still, you know, say, Hey, I'd love to come on and, and talk about stuff. Um, you know, we we still plan on having just regular guests on some episodes to get different perspectives too. Not necessarily spotlight episodes, because I'm sure a lot of you at times get sick of hearing Stephen and I's voices <laughs> alone. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, if you got a story you want to tell, I, I I'd love to hear it, and and then hopefully our audience will get the chance to hear it as well. Yeah, so.
1: yeah or if you or if you just if you know someone, or, you know, whether they're a musician or even I think athletes would be pretty cool too. Just someone who yeah. who has a, a good story to share or they're trying to promote something about themselves. There's not always it, the best, it's not always the easiest to, to get yourself out there. And, and sometimes people just need a a platform. And I mean, I'm more than happy to make our podcast part of the platform because we enjoy the discussions. And I think that other people will enjoy what uh, our guests have to say. Absolutely.
0: Cool. All right. Well, uh, we come back into. Uh, hopefully, we didn't take away the momentum too no, much. No, let's bring it back. Uh, let's bring it back in here. <laughs> bring it back, baby. <laughs> we'll bring it back, baby. <laughs> uh, coming to uh, you know the back to the concept of being ready versus being prepared. Um, we might have even touched on this a little bit, but um, I just want to ask you, like uh, specifically, does this concept the the not being ready? Do you think it frees up? your ability to be uncomfortable or do you think it scares you at all that you might not ever be ready for things? Hmm. I mean, it's, it's like a, it's a little bit scary
1: that I may not be ready for things that come my way. But if you've experienced, if you've experienced different adversities in in different situations, I think you get better with time at being prepared for things to happen and, and being ready for different opportunities, I think the worst thing that you can do is just block yourself from everything and just go with the the same thing over and over and over again. I think that that's yeah. just a just playing it safe. Like, what is that really gonna do? I mean, sure, you're you're gonna be ready for the other safe things, but then it's gonna be that much harder when something is a curveball and it gets thrown your way because you never stepped outside of your comfort zone. That's why. You, you have instances of people who had very little adversity in their life, and then they have, like, one thing thrown their way, and they totally just fall apart because they're just not, they're not used to it. And that's why when, when people say, well, you know, there's, there's people who have it worse than you, I think that that can be psychologically a little bit difficult for people because everybody puts themselves out there in, in, in different In different ways and some people are gonna be less ready for things than other people
0: so it's hard to really quantify who is affected more by it I I think it's I think it's unhealthy to quantify it you know uh, technically if we were ranking who's had it harder I guess yeah you could say you know uh, you know other people have had it harder than you know uh, other people (laughs) but (laughs) you know the the point is it's all relative just because my problems aren't as high stakes as other people's problems doesn't mean i should diminish my problems and not give them you know the light of day because then i mean i'm just not going to ever give myself any credit for anything i do and i think a lot of people deal with that um and I, I hope you don't diminish your feelings in that regard. Um, I, I hope that in, instead you challenge yourself to overcome those problems and, and push yourself through them. Um, but de- definitely it is a relative uh, relative thing, the issues that we face. Um, there was something that you had mentioned um, that I really wanted to, to touch on. Um, was it really funny? Slip in my... it was super <laughs> super funny? It was super funny. It <laughs> your best jokes yet. Um, gosh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll just say my opinion on this topic and maybe it'll come back to me. Sure. Um, so a hundred percent, I think it is a scary concept. The idea that I'm never, I'm not going to be ready for things like that at, at any time. Um, I think I remembered it actually. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, the, the concept of people who run, from their issues because they might be too hard. I do have a fear for people, um, for even myself, I've, I've had situations where I've, I've run from things cause I didn't want to deal with it at the time. And when you do that, you don't, you don't experience that adversity. You know, like you said, all of a sudden one thing happens and it's like, oh my gosh, that just steamrolled me. But I think it's also those things that you ran from can sometimes come back to bite you in the ass too. Because the issues a lot of times are interpersonal. Like, even though I might be experiencing a problem or adversity with, you know, a a person I love or uh, a career or, you know, whatever, it, it can still impact me within myself. And maybe if I don't face it and I don't deal with it, I'll never get over it. And so me running from it actually caused more problems down the road than it would have if I just you know, had, had, had dealt with it, even though I wasn't prepared for it or wasn't ready for it. So that's, that's the thing that I wanted to get across. So I'm glad I remembered. <laughs> um, the, the concept of um, being, not being ready uh, to, to, to free up the ability, the capacity to be uncomfortable, I think it absolutely does. It, it frees up the willingness to be uncomfortable. I mean, there's obviously some lines that I think maybe like your own moral code should draw. <laughs> or even just like your capacity for responsibility. So I mean like my example of having a baby, you're never going to be ready for it. That doesn't mean just go start having a bunch of babies because now you know you're, you're never going to be ready for it anyways. You know, I'm not <laughs> given the, the, the green light to do that. What I'm saying is ultimately knowing I might not be ready for anything allows me to pursue life with a passion that I might have been afraid to before. I can take risks, I can feel insecure because that journey allows me to, to feel more uh, prepared or even even feel a little bit ready to, to gain the wisdom and to become prepared for the, the next risk that might come my way. Absolutely, it's still fricking scary. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many times I've performed on stage and I still get butterflies anytime before I do it. I get anxious, I get nervous but from my point of view those nerves and that anxiety lets me know that i really care about it, it that i mean that's beautiful that's power in in things in in feeling and i'm going to say something that's super cliche and you can call me <laughs> on it afterwards but i think it's it's true too like you're not strong or brave because you don't have fears because you're not afraid of adversity or you know you don't get uncomfortable You're strong. You're a strong person because you don't let that fear or that uncomfortability hinder your pursuit to a point of almost paralysis. Like you face that anxiety, you face that fear, and you still go through it. And that's so rewarding. And that's like you can look at yourself and I unlock this capability to do that. And then you might even come across it next time and not have that same fear. But if you just shy away and say, Oh, I'm not going to be ready for this, then you, you, You've already set a ceiling for yourself. You've already said, I can't make it to this this point in my life. I'm just not even going to try. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, again, like, I think you're allowed to be scared and still live in that fear at times. I mean, it's so tough to have these conversations because there are obviously things where it's like, I shouldn't face my fear of walking through a really bad neighborhood because I've never done it before. You know, like there's actual things, you know, you've talked about safety in the past. <laughs> you still want to be safe. <laughs> um, oh yeah,
1: YOLO, the YOLO yep yeah. episode.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you don't want to be reckless with it, but I just think there's something, I just, I feel so inspired by people that I hear that they have the same or, or comparable anxiety to something that I might face, or uh, you know, a, a comparable uh, weakness or insecurity that I, I feel in my heart. But they were able to overcome it, and it, it's hearing that's like, yeah, what what the hell was I thinking? I I can do that too, you know. Hearing like hearing Sean's story kind of made me uh, jealous a little bit, and also mad at myself just hearing the creativity he had to keep going. And I almost f- wish I had more of a, a, a simple mindset of, hey, it's just going to work out in the end. I, I think I had that mindset, but in the sense of it's going to work out because I'm good enough for it to work out. Not actually, it's going to work out because I'm going to keep working hard enough to find a way to make it work. Uh, so it's just, I was naive in that sense. And, uh, and so I like look at his story. I'm just like, gosh, why didn't I freaking, you know, push myself in, in some ways that I didn't. Um, You know, why, why didn't I overcome that stuff? And and I wanted to push me in this podcast. I wanted to push me in my pursuit of my masters. Like, and that's the thing too, is life isn't over just because you made some mistakes, you know? No.
1: And, and, and what, what this has been making me think about is when I was doing, so I did second city improv for about a year. And one of the one of the ways that I connect with that to this episode is that anxiety that I would always have whenever I had to give a speech or whenever I had to be like... when Whenever uh, a class would look for a volunteer or work would look for a volunteer to go first or something, it always caused me a lot of stress. And I... When I started doing improv, I would always volunteer to go first. Because I was never going to be ready to go out there and just improvise. But at the same time, yeah. like... It, 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 I wasn't gonna be any. I wasn't gonna be any more ready if I waited versus just like going forward immediately. And yeah. that that process, I started applying. Like I, I said, Second City was one of the more life changing things I've done in my life because it, it it took away some of the anxiety of just like you know there are, there are moments of your life where you aren't ever gonna be ready for it. And it, but if you know it has to get done, you might as well just go full force and be the first one to get there because there's nothing. That holding yourself back is going to accomplish, and I think sometimes that mentality is one that more people should carry over in their lives. Because when I do that uh, and have less of a timid approach to things, it it tends to work out better. Because life, as I said in the beginning of this episode, like it's not like the movies. It's not just written in a way that you know exactly what's coming next. So you have to just sort of anticipate. What could happen, and one of the best things to do is be on the uh, aggressive side and the, the defensive side.
0: Yeah, I, I, it makes me think that to to kind of round it out, or not round it out, but to, to kind of hone it in. If you just sit around waiting to be ready for things, you're never going to do anything. No, <laughs> like no, just do it. <laughs> just, you know the the Shia LaBeouf video. Just do it. <laughs> I mean, it's that that concept is inspiring. Just go for things, and I think improv is an absolutely perfect example of this situation. Either or yeah. as well, Um because you're literally on stage, not knowing what you're going to say. It's not scripted. Yep. No, <laughs> you're not ex- ready exactly, for
1: it, dude. It's like the perfect example of of uh, applying it to your life. And since since we are getting kind of close to uh, the the final thoughts here, I want to give my. My final thought, while I'm thinking of it, because um, I, I I kind of have a, a, a takeaway that this improv thing has made me think of. of okay, you know, I the, the whole idea of just do it, just do it, just do it. For a long time in my life, I feel like I always kind of would come up in, with uh, an excuse, and I knew that I had the potential to do things. And I would be like, oh yeah, you know, someone would say, you should start a YouTube channel. You like to do acting or something. And I would be like, well, yeah, you know, at some point I'll start a YouTube channel. Or someone, or I would say, like, oh yeah, someday I'll, oh, someone would be like, you should audition for something. I'd be like, yeah, you know, I'll audition for something. The problem was, is I would always have that thought process, but then I would just like never actually do it <laughs> because right. I would have some sort of fear behind it or I would think to myself, you know, I'm not ready for it yet. I need to take it slow. And sometimes the idea of taking it slow and slowly building up your readiness, now uh, there, there is a level where you, you should maybe not take a gigantic step immediately, but you need to take that step sometimes to just, it's like pulling off the band aid and being like, all right, if I'm really serious about this, I got to just do it and i started my youtube channel on i had a i had a a really bad day and i was like you know what i i've been telling myself i'm going to start this youtube channel and to get my mind off of this bad day i'm going to start a youtube channel cuz i always told myself i would do this and sometime and you know in that moment i guess all of a sudden i was ready but in reality i just decided it's time to to take that step forward because there is never going to be the most opportune moment to do things you just got to do it sometimes and from there you've now opened up a bunch of new possibilities in your life
0: it's it's almost like completely eliminating the idea that you're going to be ready like that that concept is obsolete like it doesn't matter if you're ready or not just freaking do it yep. just make your youtube page just post a video i mean Uh, my, even my, uh, the, the YouTube, um, my, I just created a new YouTube page and posted a a, a cover where it was my first time ever mixing things. And after hours and hours and hours of spent trying to get it perfect, I was just like, you know what? I've put a lot of effort into this and it's okay if it's not absolutely perfect. I just want to share something with the world. I don't have to make it the exact perfect thing because just like in life, art, a lot of times, just isn't it's never going to be perfect there's always going to be something that you think that you can do to improve it or whatever quit trying to wait for everything to be perfect quit waiting to be ready and just put yourself out there don't procrastinate just do shit create shit don't keep consuming create exactly
1: hence the everything must go podcast because we always talked about working on a project together and then one day the idea came out there and we're just like all right let's do this
0: Dude, we're just incredible. Dude,
1: we are incredible. Thank you for listening to a couple of incredible people here. But, but speaking of incredible, we want to go ahead and and thank you guys for being a part of uh, our journey up to this point. Like we always love getting all the feedback, and we're really, really enjoying expanding our content and producing some of those video podcasts. We hope that uh, you like those, and on my uh, Butch Boss YouTube channel, you will see that there's going to be more YouTube videos coming out in the near future, and you've probably even seen a couple of them already. Those uh, those came as a result of Brandon visiting me here in Chicago, and we had uh, a lot of uh, good laughs in the process of making those. You'll notice that they are quite a bit more (laughs) lighthearted than some of the deep subject matter contained on the everything must go podcast. But you know, I think that's, that's kind of what's, uh, that's kind of what's fun.
0: don't, you don't always, we're not always these dark brooding guys that (laughs) we're not always just mysterious. We're
1: not always just a couple of mysterious guys here. We, uh, sometimes (laughs) we're a couple of jokesters. And if you want to, if you do want to be a part of, uh, either that or, or this, um, Podcast. We're always uh, we're always open to it. To get a hold of us here, we've got a number that you can call if you want to, to leave a comment or uh, if you just have a question that you'd like to be featured on an episode or even, honestly, if you have an idea for a guest or you want to be on the show, you can leave us a voicemail at 513-427-EMG5. And we also have an email, which is emgpod at gmail.com. And very, very recently, I started an Instagram for us that you can find at the handle emgpod.
0: Sweet, yeah. And then uh, just to reiterate, make sure you definitely check out uh, Stephen's videos on his Butch Boss YouTube page. Um, He posted one, I think, uh, I guess it'll be like a month (laughs) <laughs> month away from when this episode is posted, but um uh video what, what's it titled? Cold callers? Um, what is it titled? Honest cold callers.
1: <laughs> if, cold if cold callers rush, that's it. He doesn't even know the title of his own can't even remember the names <laughs> of his own videos. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Um hopefully I'll have some more YouTube stuff posted, but you can uh, check out my YouTube page um, at Brandon Flippin' Music. SoundCloud, I do definitely, I think I have in the 20, like 20 something posts now of original songs and covers on my SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash Brandon Flippin' Music. Um, Twitter handles B Flippin' Music, Instagram brandonflippinmusic, Flippin' um, Music. But most importantly, again, definitely give us a call at that 513 427 EMG5 or email us at emgpod at gmail.com.
1: Uh, well, the only other thing I was gonna say is if you want to uh, follow me on my Instagram, it's at Stephen Russell B. It's same thing as my Twitter. You can always contact me on either of those platforms, or subscribe to my YouTube channel, Butch Boss. I think other than that, we've uh, we've covered everything we need to cover here today. And want to thank you very much for listening. And we will talk to you. Oh wait, we should probably give you a a real quick tease here on the the next episode. We don't want to miss out on that. The uh, nice. next Good next work. episode. Uh, will actually be our addiction to technology. I'm uh, pretty pretty excited to have that topic because it'll be a little bit more lighthearted, I think.
0: Yeah, cool. I mean, I'm gonna get pissed. Yeah, Freeman's <laughs> probably gonna get They'll pissed. It's just me. Uh, <laughs> all right, we're, uh,
1: we. Uh, it's been good talking to you. Uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you
0: soon. Take it easy.